Aloha, my wonderful friends. Hey, I want to remind you before we get started on this episode that there is an hour-long extension that you can access on patreon.com forward slash interverse by becoming a subscriber. So if you're getting uh, close to the end of this conversation and you're thinking, I wish it had an hour more, it does, and you can get it there. In addition to a pretty large and growing archive of extended episodes and older content and other goodies. So check it out. You can find a link in the show notes. Dear listeners, I want to let you know how incredibly significant it is that our minds are converging at this moment in space-time. You may have heard it said that you're always right where you need to be, but perhaps you're like me and you don't always quite see the higher purpose behind your life events. Based on those of you out there who I've met and interacted with online, I think it's safe to say that the tribe we're creating is full of gifted and special souls and we're not victims of our circumstances but victors in the game of life. My guest today is Renee Johanna, an author and intuitive counselor who has the cheat codes to this game (laughs) and a message that will resonate with anyone who has realized they're sensitive, psychic, or in any other way tapped into the emotional currents of their friends and family. We all have been raised in a way that emphasizes people-pleasing as the primary priority, and our misguided mix-up of true love for fear-based attachment has us going at things ass backwards when it comes to actually being of any help to the people we care about the most. And that's because we all have to learn along the way that the only way to be of service towards changing the world for the better is to change your own inner world, starting with thoughts, speech, and action. These are some of the ideas I was left Internally resonating when I finished Renee's book this week called Welcome to Awakening, How to Be Free in the Human Experience. A great and lighthearted read that anyone looking for strategies on how to come out of our own mental slavery to the feelings of disappointment and dread should definitely go pick up. I'm sure we're going to have an awesome conversation revealing the secrets of universal laws and how to live in balanced harmony. But first, make sure to check out Renee in the show links to find her book, and also let's all take a moment to tap in and put that mentalized intention for growth, love, and enlightened action into our hearts and focus on that sweet, sweet feeling of appreciation for all that life has given, will give, and especially for what is right now. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you. Been really looking forward to this one. Me too. And I love that intro, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. They're kind of fun to get into. I like to just feel the intuitive of what that person is about and blah, let it out in kind of a one take little writing exercise. I I don't do enough writing, but I bet you would say that writing itself is a key to the transformative journey. Yeah. I mean, totally. That was the biggest, probably pleasant surprise for me was when I started writing, it really was like the best advice book I could ever give anybody. Because honestly, I was getting so busy, I couldn't help as many people as I wanted to. So I started just, I wanted a new age version of the Bible, seriously, that people could really fucking understand. Yeah, the Bible doesn't exactly give you a user manual to the human body. I mean, (laughs) 
<laughs> what's in there you have to decode and like go back to etymology and figure out what the original people were even saying and yeah it's it's pretty crazy yes something a little more hands-on and immediately applicable is what you're going for i would say you succeeded good but it's not a religion either so that's another aspect to it so that was the biggest probably the hardest part of it was being all-inclusive and that that was the message i wanted over and over and that that's what took me the longest was i didn't want to separate segregate any of it for religion um culture and you talk about difficult, but really when you stick to the message of love, it's not that difficult. And that's what I had to do over and over. And that's what started transforming me because I was listening to the shit. Like I was reading this stuff and going, Oh my God, it's working. Like I am literally changing my own mind about me through this process. And I knew if it, if I could prove this to me, I could do this for anybody. Like I really could help people that were suicidal. I mean, they come to me all the time. Do I save everybody? No, because it's their choice. But at least it was that last conversation that would make or break what they were planning on doing anyway. So I, this is a huge passion, calling, mission, whatever you want to call it. But the book saved my life. It really did. Well, when we get into the creative acts, we're actually able to channel our highest self directly into this dimension. I mean, we have the thought, the book that you wrote contains a whole lot of thoughts that in, whether in deep meditation or in just a moment of insight and clarity, mm-hmm. I would have had that thought and popped up and been like, yeah, this is the way, this is how to express love in this type of a situation. Right. But not having it all, not having it put into some kind of physical form or body, whether it's a journal or mm-hmm. a, a short writing exercise or a book it can just sort of evaporate into the ether until the next time you remember it. Right. But our, I look at everything as extension of the psyche mm-hmm. and our personal universe is created by our personal psyche. And then there seems to be a larger psyche that we're embedded within, but it's still us in the same sense that it creates the same sort of synchronicities that our smaller inner psyche is trying to create. Right. And whenever we get into the creative acts, we're actually drawing information from that larger psyche and putting it into a body in a container that's in the vicinity of our personal psyche as an object, an artifact that's holding on to the, and you could say the vibration or the frequency or the information that it is that we're trying to hold on to and contain. I mean, just a simple, a simple example of this is that if you write a to-do list, you're more likely to do that stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it doesn't seem magical on the surface because mm-hmm. we're trained to realize that everything that we're doing is not, or we're trained to think that everything we're doing has nothing to do with magic. But actually, everything that a human being does and is, is constantly manifestation and magic. It is. And that's honestly, I was just writing this morning about that because I think that's what people are hungry for now is all the unknown, everything that they don't already know and how to move into that information and really fall in love with life. I think that more and more people are waking up. And, and my biggest thing was, and if you read my book, you'll, you'll read more about it. But I totally woke up from my dead grandma who came into my dreams and just started validating everything that no human could up to that point. So 
I knew there was way more going on here than what met the eye. And I knew that most everything that I had conscious recollection of since I was four finally made sense that I really didn't belong here. (laughs) Well, I like the, it is sort of a religiously painted term, but the, uh, in the world, but not of the world, because mm-hmm. we really are transients here. I mean, you don't take anything with you. You come in completely yep. naked, yes. and it makes way more sense that the part of you that you're not consciously aware of that's 99% of your entire psyche, while you can prove it through neuroscience or just through your own mm-hmm. realization of how much you know, yet how much you can only con- you can only contain so much that you know in your conscious mind at any given time. But right underneath the ocean of that mind there's everything you've ever learned and every foundational belief and structure and yeah i want to get more into talking about getting visited by your grandma i don't know if it's if i want to go there first or or keep talking about what it is that we're doing to get at the root belief structures what it is that we're talking about because you know on the surface someone could paint your book as being more or less about the law of attraction but someone that actually reads the book and is paying attention is going to realize you're not saying that it's sort of the, the secret type of law of attraction where it's all about just believe hard enough and wish hard enough and everything works out. It actually does matter what you choose to do Mm -hmm. and how that, how that ties into your thoughts. But, but the thinking does come first and that is primary. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think the biggest part of that. And it's, you know, like you said, it's hard to know what to dive into first, but it is all related. It really is. And so when people come to me and they're like, their strong um, interest lies in metaphysics or astrology or whatever, I think that most, the easiest part for me always has been to find the commonality and, and to just follow that one path and help everybody else kind of see that light for themselves. Selves, it's it's something that's hard to explain because it's always been a part of me. But when people say, you know, there's so much about the the brain or you know whatever, they keep changing their mind about what they're calling the source of everything. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like I was more in touch with what everybody else was wondering about. So it was always a backwards effect for me. Like I came in knowing so much that it made me extremely unusual. And I just tried to be stupid. Like I really did try to, the ignorance is bliss thing. And I just saw so much truth and and realness that it pretty much almost destroyed me. It was hard to stay in light and love. Yeah, if you are not being true to yourself, then... By the very nature of that phrase, you're going to create dissonance and disharmony mm-hmm. and negativity. Right. It's, there's just not really any way around it. And unfortunately, anybody that does come in with a strong connection to their intuition, which is also just another way of saying being able to tap into that big unconscious reservoir yes. and have a, can have a relationship with it uh, mm-hmm. as another part of yourself that you love and care care about and it cares about you. Mm-hmm. It, we're trained that that's that there isn't even such a thing in a way. I mean, yes, like modern psychology does uh, recognize the unconscious in a, a thanks to the efforts of guys like Carl Jung. But as to what that is, 
we're still running around pretending like it's somehow stored in the brain like right. a hard drive right. that's got X amount of space on it. Mm -hmm. Yet there's never been a single experiment done that either in animal torture experiments or human subjects that has ever found any correlation between any compartment of the brain and right. any specific memory. No. Uh, it's more related to, it seems to me a lot more simplistic of an argument to say that the brain is just the receiver for something that's universal and uh, omnipresent, yeah. the life force itself or the fundamental energy that everything breaks down to, the Greek notion of the quintessence, lots of ways of saying it. You could just call it source energy, but source and energy – they're all actually conscious and consciousness. And mm -hmm. so uh, whenever you reject that you have such a spark within you, of course, it's going to make the greater part of yourself sad because the greater part of yourself is being told that it doesn't exist. Right. It's not real. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did to myself my most of my life was I tried to shut down the gift I tried to shut down the light, the love, all of it, just to be accepted and blend with everyone else. And that was never the reason I came here. So it was always this battle internally. And <clears throat> truly was my grandma that had to come in and shake me awake. And probably the only woman on the planet I would have ever listened to because wise and always told me the truth. So I don't really care a lot of psychiatrists will still say it's it's you know something that I created to make myself get I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I got to and I still do get to have great conversations with my grandma. So I call it whatever you want. Call me crazy. I really don't care. I've never been happier. I won't call you crazy because <laughs> I've done plenty of research on paranormal and occult sciences, plenty of evidence out there, actual researched and documented scientific evidence even of things like mediumship having a reality to them, that there is some kind of communication possible beyond the veil of life and death. Yep. I personally have always felt like on an intuitive level that what we're doing in this dimension is actually that we've got it backwards, that this is actually the death part and life is the main part. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, slap my leg. That's a big secret. <laughs> um, I tell everyone that, and I have since I was little. Did not know where it was coming from, never saw a movie, nothing, no one told me. But I kept telling anyone that would listen, we died to be here. Like, this is death. Don't be afraid of death. Like, this is just a little piece of what this big picture is. And I, where does this kid get these words and these ideas? So that's where I came from. And then when I could see in people's eyes the fear when I would speak and the just disbelief, it, it, it's hard as a kid to stand in that and, and just own who you are when you have no idea who you are or where this is coming from. And we've got the equivalent of the Monty Python witch-burning mob as a community in some places of this very country and especially in a lot of places of the world. And the power – the problem is, though, once you start building up that type of an attitude towards psi phenomenon and the human power potential, you start getting into some really bad societal ruts where things like witchcraft, as in 
a negative application of the law of attraction to harm others becomes something that actually is happening and is a cultural practice. Yeah. And although here I think it happens to a lesser degree because belief is less powerful. Right. But people still curse each other all the time and, and don't even realize mm-hmm. it. And since we're all this one same source energy being that has died as in it separated itself from its greater self to be a smaller portion and to grow a new a, a new part of itself essentially mm-hmm. because that's what if you look in nature that's what everything yes. that is that's what's happening related to death is actually rebirth and renewal mm-hmm. so yeah i mean we're coming from the other side of the coin or the veil is the life side or the infinite truth side or what have you then of course we're also eternal and unchanging on that side right and so you would have to do some sort of a strange prismatic magic trick to just dilute down to a relative state. Like you said that exactly in your book that we come here to have relative experiences. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's also why to me, the conception of your grandma being able to come through and give you information from like spiritual universal law (laughs) information from the other side. I see no reason to disbelieve that. In fact, I think it's disbelief that keeps people who have that type of a gift from being able to have that type of experience. It is. And as far as, you know, I always say I came out of the psychic closet, I guess, in 2014 to the public. And then when I started speaking, you know, how I felt this whole time and started talking about my book, then I realized all the number of other people out there like me that had a similar story. And then I started moving into more acceptance because I still wasn't when, when something is so a part of you for so long, it's hard to identify it as something you can label. It's just who you are. And, and when you try to deny that part that's so big as who you are, that's where that struggle lies. And that is where a lot of the suicides happen. So I knew I was here for bigger reasons. I knew always, no matter what I was going through, it's like I became the observer of my own human experience. And I literally would leave my own body and have the out of body and just watch sometimes. And I think that's honestly what saved me and kept me sane and a lot of trauma. But now I really understand how to do that in a way that really um, moves me to a level of, gosh, I can't even find the words that explain it because I've never been there before and never really known anyone that lives there. But it is when you blend with your soul and your soul really knows what the fuck is going on here. And when you let that become your guide and your director and you just really align with your intuition. And that's the voice. That's the connection between you and your soul or you and your spirit or you and God. Call it whatever you want. But there's a partnership that you have in this lifetime. And when you blend with that, I mean, it's heaven on earth. That that doesn't even describe it. You get to be free. And you get to have the time of your life. I am seriously reliving the childhood that I thought was dead and gone. Because I had to grow up so fast, get so serious that you know, I just accepted I'll never be that free spirit kid again, but I'm actually doing it right now. So 
I like one of the statements that you made in the book is the nature of the spirit or the soul is freedom at its core. And that also perfectly aligns with the message in your book of always looking for the loving behavior or the Mm -hmm. loving awareness about yourself or about another person. Love and freedom to me are obviously the same thing. What actual love is, is the recognition and upliftment of all possible positive potentials in whatever the object of the love is. It is. And so that's the way that we should look at ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. Infinite potential, not look at them and say, I love them because of this one thing. Right. Now we can, we can express gratitude and appreciation Mm -hmm. about any number of things about each other, but all of us, if we are really real with ourselves, (laughs) looking at past relationships or current relationships, we lock each other into a particular view of this is who you are. This is what you're like. Especially with people that we've decided that we dislike. And that's right. what I mean by like we're cursing each other. When Every time that you talk shit on someone or someone talks shit on another person in front of you and you're like, uh-huh, and you like nod and give it some agreement, it feels like you're not doing anything if you're not paying attention. But if you pay attention to your actual emotional body and start getting dialed into that, you'll notice that it doesn't feel good to do that. Right. <laughs> and, it doesn't. And I think it, it, it definitely ripples out into mm-hmm. the field. And because we're all actually this omnipotent observer, omnipotent observer of everything, and it sounds like you've actually been able to go into that a modality of perceiving that, which is right. really cool. We That means that nothing that you do, even if you think you're getting away with it, you actually saw you, you saw you do it. You do. That, I always tell everyone, it's like, you never get away with anything. You always know what you're doing. You never leave yourself. You never go move to another place and leave yourself ever. So you really need to make friends with this person because they're with you the minute you wake up, when you go to bed, all the way through this ride. And I knew that and I could tell that and preach it like anybody's business, but I didn't know how to really fall in love with me because I was feeling now I know so much energy and torture from outside of me that I identified as something wrong with me. So you brought up relationships. I will stand by this and hopefully someday I can change it. But most people that is their confusion is always relationships and especially intimate relationships because People, basically, we've been lied to seriously about love, and it's become so conditional that people will literally pick and choose who they're going to love, who they're going to hate, who's going to be in their bed, who's, and it doesn't work that way. It's obvious when you look around you. You can love so many different people at their soul level, and when you start there, it's the rest is so easy. You just let them kind of show up in the easiest way that feels right for both of you. And you stay open, you stay honest, you have fun, you're a full benefit to each other. And when you're not, you separate until you can be a full benefit again. And then stay by yourself or have another playmate. It really doesn't have to be as complicated as it is. But I get that You know, you got a lot of emotions and a lot of mental expectations. I mean, obligations, expectations, all that stuff about relationships is what will be the demise. If you can freely every day 
just say, I still like you a lot. Let's do this again. You'll have it made. You really will. That's kind of what I was thinking in terms of how to make a longer term partnership actually work. You can't make a decision for your future self ever because your future self is not you right now. <laughs> I know. You're so different by the time you get there. Right. So it is more important to, if you want to be in a type of committed solo partnership, I think it's not healthy to tell the other person you can't love anybody else exactly. or be with anybody else. Exactly. I think what the only healthy way a monogamy makes sense is if every day that person is so exciting to you because you're so turned on exactly. to life itself and yep. you're so, you are so tapped into your self-loving and they're tapped mm -hmm. into their self-loving that together you're in super love, then that's going to work in a mon monogamous way because no one else is going and going to excite you like that person. Right. But if you're going to make something like that work, you have to have the person that is on the level of you about being real with your self work yep. and not falling into the other's negative traps whenever they're falling into them yep. with, but doing it compassionately. You have to, you can't be the only person trying to steer the ship towards the positive mm -hmm. and make a monogamy work in my opinion. But what is, what is wild is that usually whenever you feel like the other person is going against the flow of what would be best and right, it's because you think that they're going against the flow of what would be best and right that it feels that way. Right. <laughs> that in reality, everyone's trying to do the best that they can and be the best person that they can. Right. And as soon as you stop worrying about whether or not they're doing it and you start going, how am I reacting? How am I, what energy do I hold in this moment? Do I feel good or not? You can make yourself feel good doing anything. Just yep. you, could be, you could be sweeping in the floor in the kitchen and thinking, I wish my partner would do this chore. I feel like I always do this chore. And then as soon as you have that thought, go, ha, 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 that's a funny thought. I feel great about sweeping. This is fun. Sweeping is awesome. And then immediately that other, that bad thought goes away. Then the sort of poison dart that you were mentally about to shoot at your partner is turned into a good feeling that they vibe on with you. I can tell you from experience. And yeah, so any form of partnership is about both people being dedicated to themselves first and not not yep. selfishly but yeah in a, in a way selfishly self-healthishly it is <laughs> and i think that i know that's the key and here's the catch 22 is that you really will not know yourself without a series of relationships and partnerships because how else you're gonna need to see your mirror show up in different ways what people don't realize is it is truly your mirror it's not like, oh, shit, I chose the wrong person or that's Mr. Right. That's Miss. It's not that way. It's all about your level of vibration, what you're attracted to for your level of awareness right now. It's pretty perfect. So don't attack these people. Bless them for showing you your preference and what you really prefer. Now, I keep telling people life and people in it are a buffet, not like they're, you know, throw them away kind of attitude. It's more, you know yourself through them. You know what you prefer now. You know who you want to play with, you know. And I always coach people to choose people that are more like you than not, like really like-minded because looks fade, money comes and goes, all that shit doesn't matter if you can't sit down day after day and be stimulated by the conversation. 
that's where if you're not having fun with that person, you're in trouble. That's all there is to it. You could have all the money in the world and we've all seen it and they're killing themselves or they shot their wife or they're, you know, off doing God knows what because they thought that was the level of success that would bring them the ultimate happiness. And it is. I think you started out saying it's a total inside job. It's internal all the way through this. You got to feel your way through it. And if you the selfish part is you have to make feeling your getting yourself to your highest and best, whatever that is for the day, it may not be very high, but at least you're, you're making the effort, go there first. And then whatever you got left over goes to the others. That has to be an overflow of good and benefit. Not I'm so maxed out that I'm just giving and giving and giving because you're not really giving them full benefit. So be selfish. And I always say, take the oxygen mask first and then give it to the babies because you're not any good if you're not fully functioning and really loving life yourself. Not to mention, they think you're full of shit because if you're not living the truth, they see it. Yeah, we're all each other's mirror. So if everybody is responsible for their own well-being and health and happiness, then everybody will be well, yeah. healthy and happy. If they choose, if they so choose. And that's the bitch right there is especially with my loved ones and I think anybody's loved ones if you get into this healing energy level is watching their demise their self-destruction on purpose and knowing that there is absolutely nothing you're going to do to talk them out of it nor should you I've done that with my own son yeah I'm I'm going through that with personal relationships of my family right now actually I've got my grandmother on a deathbed surrounded by family members who won't leave her side because they're so scared that someone might give her some kind of a natural or holistic type of medicine like that fights tumors and cancer like say that is somehow sometimes legal in some states and not in other states right they're so scared of they won't even let someone give her a smoothie or water like it's basically this is elder abuse that's going on in my family, right? That I have to sit and watch and and try to be while I'm there holding the vibration of love and kindness yep. and just focusing on the fact that I'm only here because I want to see my grandmother right. and I'm not here to sit here and be angry about the fact that other people in this scenario think that Taco Bell is food and that that is okay for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner to only ever eat stuff like that. And that that has nothing to do with their own feelings, right. of, their own repressed feelings of self-loathing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it does, it ha that has been a personal challenge for me is to sit there and watch that. It, my way of responding to it has been mostly to just like take a guitar over there and play music <laughs> That's because a good idea. no one can argue about the feelings that I'm creating with my guitar. That's Whereas, good. I, you know, everything else is up to debate. It is. <laughs> it's true. That's a really good idea. I love that part of just finding the way that makes sense for everybody, that all-inclusive. And you nailed it. It's like there's nothing you can argue with because the music's just going to make everybody feel better. And when you can find ways to be happy no matter what, that's the key is you have to find a way to be happy and know yourself and find peace 
no matter what is happening around you and no matter how crazy things start happening because I don't know about you, but I know I pretty much chose the most dysfunctional family out there <laughs> to uh, be the enlightened soul in. <laughs> I see. I picked an, a pretty easy, immediate family that they're more in the same type of health traps and basic stuff as, you know, an average family, but mm-hmm. there's functional love and right. kindness and appreciation and desire for each other's well-being. And that's but And also I was given the lesson as a kid from especially my mom that everything is a choice that it all yep. starts with choice and it, that's all you need smart if, woman yeah that really does let you figure out everything else it and does. also in that there's such a thing as right from wrong and that i should you know have some basic manners and things those are all things you can figure out on your own even without parents but like you said in the book people that have a challenging life experience are usually being forged and tempered into someone that can help others that have had equal or even worse type of yep. life experiences. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard an amazing inspirational story that didn't, wasn't jam packed full of hardship and trauma and obstacle after obstacle. So it makes sense that Whoever is going to forge the way and be the light and the love for everyone else knows how to walk through hell themselves. And so that's why I say when I became that observer, I was always telling myself it's temporary. Like this is so temporary. This is all going to get better and you can do this. So there was always this wiser, higher voice talking to me. I just didn't know what it was, who it was, what to call it. It it was just something that always saved my ass and knew I could walk through life no matter what was thrown at me. And it did feel like it was thrown at me. Now I know everything was set up so perfectly. I cannot regret one thing. Like there is nothing I would change, nothing ever. And I love being in that mindset of knowing I have complete control over my choices, my mind, what I think about, and even how I feel, because what I think about is gauging how I feel. It's all connected to the same thing. And it really is about love. So I always try to get back to love no matter what's going on. And remembering my mission is to be an example of unconditional love for everyone. Like, I really do try to be nice to everybody. I don't think it's that hard. Um, even if they're mean, I just picture them as the baby they were. And, and then it's easy to love them. So I have always had that wise set of eyes that could see behind everyone else's eyes. It's just I'm excited now that more people are waking up and, and wanting their own joy. Like stop looking outside of yourself. It's not this, It's not out there. It's really inside. And then you'll have a brand new world to look at. And it's really cool. I mean, it's way beyond law of attraction. It's, it's really how the universe works. It's all a good positive flow. That's something that I, I did not have a concept of. And so when I realized that it's all good and that I was the one pulling me out of the stream and the well-being time and time again, then I'm like, well, stop fucking doing that. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, go with the flow. Yeah. And it's easier than it sounds at first to someone who feels like they're drowning in mm-hmm. the river of life it or is. whatever. It's 
as simple as just starting with paying attention to the things that make you feel tired versus things that make you feel super stoked Mm -hmm. and gravitate towards the stuff that makes you feel super stoked and try to avoid the stuff that makes you feel tired. And that includes people. But then there are also some strategies that you can put into play to not make you to not feel tired or zapped out by certain people or situations. Mm -hmm. One in particular that I immediately like it's like we were saying before, it's stuff that I knew, but whenever it got put into words in front of me, and it contained in this book, it was like, ah, yeah, let's try this more actively and more consciously. But the idea that when someone talks shit on another person to you, in front of you, to just, instead of agreeing with it in any way, just say something kind about that person that they're talking about. Right. And <laughs> it's it's really funny. The person I've found, every time I've done it, the person has just been like, yeah, they're not, they're not so bad. Yeah. And it, it actually just totally turns around. They're looking for you to be a match to them. Yes. They're looking for most people are looking for validation from the outside world and they complain because they're used to seeing complaining right. happen and then other people validate the mm-hmm. complaining. But when instead you validate love, right. or you validate something beautiful or good, mm-hmm. then I would imagine that the only other thing that they could do is probably just like walk away. <laughs> but if it's someone that's close to you that cares about you and they want your validation and that's why they're doing anything in the first place. They're going to just agree with you. They will. And when then they feel better, they'll start noticing, oh, Mm -hmm. I feel better when I don't complain about people. You create this immediate ripple effect in your life when you stop validating unnecessary negative stuff. You do. I pretty much just, I always tell people it sounds funny, but I always feel like I'm just out there creating experiments every day because I do stuff like that. Like I'll find someone that's just, a grouch, like a continual grouch. And nobody wants to have anything to do with them. They don't want to be around them. So I'll just find ways of, I call them love shots. Any chance I get, I'll give them one of the love shots because I know how to go deep and quick. They don't even know what happens, but I can see their soul so quick that I show them their beauty without them really even knowing what hit them. So I love doing that and seeing how that slowly wears on them to the point where they start smiling, they start being nicer to people. It is so true that love and positivity will outweigh so many that are in your face being negative, that there has to be something to it. There has to. It has to be the ultimate energy of love to be that powerful to override 50 years of whatever happened to that guy and not even know that that vibration that I was sending out actually took effect. But I get off on it, you know, and I don't ever like I would never bring that to someone's attention because that really takes the joy away of what happened. I love seeing how the universe works and the magic and the miracles and living there. Otherwise, I'm going to get really bored. Because I've already figured out so much of the human details and experience that I want the unknown. I want more of the surprise element for myself. Which is discovering the unconscious. The unconscious is the unknown. Mm-hmm. Because the greater part of ourselves that is, you know, on the the infinite, timeless, eternal part of the spectrum is obviously therefore all knowing. But since we only hold a small part of our knowing and body at any given time. Exploring all that infinity is what the whole life journey and game is. So, of course, like, okay, yeah, I've got 
I've got my navigation system. Now let's explore. Exactly. Yeah. And let's have fun. That's the part where I'm at now is I want to have fun. I really want to embrace this planet, take life by the balls and have the time of my life. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm still processing through old fear and old beliefs in that same. It's almost like I feel like I'm finishing up that part of a life that never made sense to me to begin with. So it's still a release of some old stuff that I'm not even attached to anymore, but my life hasn't completely transformed into my new growth, if that makes sense. I'm yeah, still the in transition. Mo- the physical world moves at a slower rate than the yes. thoughts. Yes. Yeah. So inside, completely there, completely skippity-doo-dah all day long. But if anyone took a look at my life, I'm on a gypsy budget. In fact, that's the next book is I'm journaling about how to be a free spirit with absolutely no nest, no financial backing, no nothing, and just full belief. Yeah, I have my book. I have a plan. I have all this. I have great friends and people just lovingly willing to help me. But just being out there winging it and doing what I tell people all day long is okay to do is, is really freedom. I'm not afraid of having nothing. <laughs> right. Because there's really nothing that you actually have in no. the material world to begin with. Nothing is yours no, permanently. It's not. Yeah. All you have is yourself. That's actual ownership. Yep. That's what personal responsibility, self-ownership, they go hand in hand. And actually the idea that we can own things on the planet or other beings is part of what's causing us our own enslavement. Yep. I mean, the law of attraction, law of karma, whatever you want to say, call it the law of correspondences. To me, it seems really clear why human beings, especially in Western culture, are more are they're more or less animals that are being farmed for their energy by higher powers yep. at this point. <laughs> and they don't even realize they're in a ranch or a human farm that mm-hmm. they're that they're slaves to their own culture essentially yep. to and the, limitations the malignant materialism and yeah slaves to limitations yeah like like horses that have been trained not yep. to go past a certain yes. spot but it's actually exactly there's it. no fence there anymore i know yeah so what to me i think there's actually some stuff that needs to be widely known about ignorance destroyed about so that our collective power of intention and changing our collective action can have a huge waterfall ripple effect on our collective consciousness, particularly how we treat animals on the planet and the horrific conditions of like factory farms and all of that. If the spark of life and consciousness is the same in all beings and all parts of the universe, then the tremendous suffering that's inflicted on other living beings on the planet, basically done in the dark and ignorant to the majority of people, that to me is clearly part of why there's so much dark and shadow, I guess, evil material in the shadow, because your shadow follows you around everywhere you go. Your shadow itself isn't evil, but there is a bunch of evil in our unconscious that we're constantly running up against in the form of our own behaviors that are antithetical to our well-being that we're still trying to figure out how to stop doing. (laughs) To me, I think it's very clear that that's completely related to the relationship we have to the environment. What, What do you think? Totally. And I always try and keep it as simple as possible with people. I always say, if you if you can keep things as close to nature as possible in your thinking, 
I'm like, look at the animals, follow the animals, watch the babies. They are organic. They are so true to their source. No one's talked them out of anything and the animals are not going to. So you have to realize that love is love across the board. How we treat everyone, including the animals, including plant, everything is ultimately the vibrating energy that's spread across the universe. So you truly do need to love your neighbor as yourself. You need to love everybody and, and let that be the dominating vibration that takes over the world. Because I think everyone's in defense mode, attack mode. Um, I can only love mine. I got to protect myself from you. So I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot of that going away. I hope in my lifetime, but it's, I think it's really ugly right now on purpose because it's forcing people to blow and they're going to have to be left to, to, um, to use their own mind to think and stop following the person with the loudest voice, the one that will be your bully, the one that will do everything for you. You know, you stand up and own your own life and stop expecting everybody else to do. If, if I go anywhere in my next book, it's going to be, um, a tougher love approach to the bullshit that people are just continuing to do. And in the name of what? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on what is really going on in terms of how the sort of control system is perpetuated on people's minds that the actual brainwashing that we're inflicting to kids on a regular basis that, is by and large not even recognized as such. I know. Like, why is this happening? And to me, uh, I think that commerce and war are pretty much the answer. Both are very related. <laughs> and True. The entire notion that we should be profiting off of each other and yep. this entire commerce game, I think it's just a little microcosm of what war is all yep. about. And we're not recognizing it as – are not recognizing it as – against ourself mm -hmm. is what's causing us to constantly be in conflict with ourselves. Right. Because if we were in total harmony and recognition of the unity of all life and that every human being was actually a sliver of the larger soul fractal that is ultimately one, mm -hmm. then you would never do anything that was like, oh, I'm going to make 25% margin off of this guy. You wouldn't <laughs> even have money. It would just be like, oh, here's my here's my family member. I'm going to hook them up and then See, everyone would be hooking each other up. I know I'll be set. <laughs> but th that's the world I live in. That's the world I see. So that's why I've always been the goofball because I, I got accused of being naive and you're too nice and you just got to stop doing this and you got to stop doing that. But I'm like, it really could be this way. It could be this amazing if we all loved each other actually that is the way that it is and the illusion is that it's we have true. to do the commerce thing it's to survive true. but we're surrounded by complete abundance and i've said this before and i'm making my attempts at it with a garden but i've said this before if everyone quit their 40 hour week job and just started growing food on every median and street corner that would be great <laughs> <laughs> we'd be in a lot better shape as human beings <laughs> And we could go back to making cool gadgets and stuff, but once we get everybody 
eating non-toxic food mm-hmm. and get permaculture set up and food forest. That'd be awesome. Right. You know, and then do a couple other things like free free other enslaved beings and stop human trafficking. All this stuff that is go there's all this really crazy dark stuff going on in the world that is by and large just totally ignored. And you know, that's one thing that I don't like about some law of attraction teachers. And this is not something I would accuse you of no, I get of, it. by any means. But the idea that you have to ignore all things that are negative mm-hmm. to make them go away. And I think that there is definitely a downside and it's a, you harm yourself when you go on a crusade against certain people and say, they're the Darth Vader and we've got to right. stop them at all costs. And you go to war with that. Right. What? I, but what is loving is just removing ignorance exactly. about something. So like, you know, back to the animals thing, somebody that's going to go throw blood on someone's fur coat that's not helping anybody exactly. but somebody that will show other people like a video of what it actually looks like in a slaughterhouse right that's not fun to see but if your person is benefiting off of that structure then it's something you might need can, a reality check you might need a reality yeah. check yeah exactly. yeah perfect so and i get that and i am and i've been accused of sticking my head in the sand lately but i completely understand where most people are coming from with that because there is so much out there and especially with social media and the internet, you name it, we can see anything that we want to see and most of it we don't want to see. I still believe that when you can take horrifying situations and try to see the light, the beauty, the ultimate big picture in what's happening here and realize we're in a universe law of duality. So we're going to see all facets of extremes. And and that's part of this. We're not here to right wrongs and make things one certain way and everybody believes the same thing. It's finding that common ground of love and then branch out from that level. And that's where I always start. So I don't pretend that I don't see these things or it is, it's not existing, but I don't go down in the muck with that and I, I don't move into resistance anymore where I feel this passionate anger. It's more, let's look at the solutions. Where is that ultimate solution in this? And and I love seriously when there's big <sighs> tragedies that most people would say, but I love seeing people come together. Mm-hmm. I love that outcome when everyone sets everything aside and I know I'm the freak at the funeral that kind of gets off on seeing the real and raw. In, in everyone, because you will see the best and you will see the worst at death. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to see, because that's what I see in you anyway. I see who you are most of the time, whether you're hiding it or pretending or not. So when it's in those situations where I really get to see the authentic version of you, I'm tickled pink. And I know I went way over, way across the board with that, but there's there's just this flying kind of aspect to when you're a free spirit that you just can observe without being pulled down in it. And you really can say everything is absolutely on purpose. It really is happening in perfect timing because there's so many amazing things that came out of horrific things. And it's just part of the human experience. That's why it's temporary. We're not here forever. And who really wants to be like it's exhausting like 
Yeah, I think all the the talk about life extension and Mm-mm. all the uh, sort of like cyborg plans for humanity that are in play right now. I'm not that interested. Freezing in head. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it seems like it makes way more sense to take a break from. <laughs> physical 3D yeah. life because yeah in the realm of the other realm I think it's a it's totally mental construct most likely in that you're as free as your own thoughts and yep. mind are right here mm-hmm. now and but actually the resistance to what this place is and the fact that it is a physical world with some challenges that are baked in is part of what's causing yep. our disequilibrium yes. because the mind, the ego part of the mind is like, I want to smooth over every right. bump. I want to get rid of every hurdle. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, you're messing up the balance of things. You do. And there's like, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Us sitting in chairs right now while we talk, we're just kind of, this is something Michael Garfield on a previous, previous guest on the show said, but I loved it. We're outsourcing our muscle work to a future weaker version of ourselves <laughs> <laughs> in a way by being in chairs. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be okay. We're only going to be here for a little while. But, <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that we do. It is. And the whole thing with death and and I, I still I'm, I really want to get people to a level where they're not afraid of it anymore because we're all, you know, we were, were never told that we were going to stay here forever. So everyone knew this from the get go. And I always relate it to we go to bed every night. We go to sleep. And we need that break. We need night and day to know the difference. We need fresh starts. Just like at the end of this life, we're going to need a break. And you said it perfectly. We'll go to sleep for a little bit longer, but I guarantee the soul never dies. The spirit never dies. You're just done with this physical aspect. And do I believe in reincarnation to the point where you're never going to come back. I'm never going to come back as Renee, this person. Why would I? I have lived this experience. I could possibly come back as a man and have a different experience as being handicapped. I could do then. I really feel like I probably have been everybody up to this point, And that's how I see them so well. I really do feel like I know everybody already. They feel like an extended part of my family, long lost people that I you know, reconnected with. And that's pretty much in seconds after I meet them. So I know there's way more going on before this lifetime for me. And and how the hell did I know what I knew when I came? My parents didn't. Nobody talked my language. Well, yeah. And kids come in with a a full form personality already that has, even if they're complete identical genetic twins. And if you ever watch babies and especially newborns, they are seeing things that we don't see. Oh, I do, but most people don't. But they're looking, they're laughing, they're communicating, and they're, they haven't been taught to fear it. That's the whole thing is they haven't been talked out of it. Or at the very least, it's not pragmatic to have certain extrasensory abilities. So, yeah, let's talk about how to develop into more awareness of your full capacities as a human and what you can perceive. Because that's something you get into the book of talking about meditation. Yep. Something that I've always found to be really helpful is Mm -hmm. energy work practices with the physical body like Mm -hmm. Qigong and yoga, where to me, the imagination of what it is that you might be able to perceive helps actually make a bridge back to being able to see it. So uh, whether it comes to perceiving someone's aura or, you know, hearing, intuiting messages Mm -hmm. from 
from that unconscious infinite part of yourself, it really comes down to how well you're paying attention. It is. And not turning away and putting up your armor. And your ability to recognize yourself at every level. That's the toughest part is so many people will deny aspects of themselves and pretend it doesn't exist. And they're hoping no one else will ever see it either. And so when you embrace every part of yourself and recognize, yeah, I can be a bitch. Yeah, I can be an, an asshole. I can be all sides of myself. But I also know I have the choice which character I present myself the most, the one that feels best. So there is, to me, just this ongoing level of evolvement happening, whether you're aware of it or not. You'll get there eventually. Everyone does. It's just meditation is huge to connect. I always say we're all superheroes with our own powers. Meditation will help you connect to your own power. And, and many people will say, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I always guide them to meditation and start personalizing it. Because if you're not loving it, you won't keep doing it. It'll be a chore like everything else. So it, it has to be something in some way, and there's so many different ways to do it, that will give you enough separation from this world that you can allow that open channel to just receive whatever you need to come through. And it, it's not all, it's not these quantum leaps for people that they think it is. It's some people have those spiritual awakenings, but for most it's, a daily practice of getting to know yourself in a brand new light and feeling your way through it. I say that over and over. You feel your way through this because you're searching for a better feeling place inside of you that isn't altered by a chemical. <laughs> I think that sometimes we do a disservice, at least to me in particular, to people who aren't meditators by talking about like, oh, I had this crazy vision because someone might get the notion to try and meditate and then they're just sitting there and they're like this is nothing yeah i'm bored i just feel like a failure and then yeah yeah exactly i'm not i don't i can't do it mm -hmm. i like i can't calm my mind down i can't stop thinking about it and really it's just because they haven't explored enough techniques and spent enough time right. right to create more space right one way that i like to look at it is that you're literally inflating your inner space by focusing or I guess bringing into balance your left and right sides, what you're doing is by emptying out your mind, you're creating more emptiness in, right. in there. And then mm -hmm. relative to this vast emptiness that you've created, things that before seemed big are now these small little things. Right. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. But, you know, I had to, I've been meditating like eight or nine years. So even, even I feel like a beginner all the time. I want to emphasize that, there's no, I don't even think like we all get there, quote unquote. I look at it like infinite stairs. Right. And that's part of the it fun, is. you know. Mm -hmm. But what we can all get there to is that we're climbing the stairs and helping each other up. And <laughs> so, so with meditation, though, like you're saying, I think personalizing the practice is super important. Experiment with a lot of different meditation techniques. Come up with your own. But in general, if you can find a way to make stillness and balance between yep. your left and right sides. Even if that comes from literally trying to be as balanced in your weight distribution as possible and as still with your physical body as possible. And, you know, you can't obviously tell your brain to stop thinking, 
but you can tell yourself, I'm going to let go of thoughts as they come up and not get lost in them and right. focus on breathing. Right. There's a lot you can do, but yeah, it's, it, you got to be motivated to do it. You can't mm-hmm. see it as a chore. That's and I all. think for me, the biggest value of meditation is it ultimately teaches me to stay present, which is honestly, I feel like most humans struggle with that because you're either you've got your thoughts in the past or your thoughts in the future and you're projecting and either way you've completely lost sight of just enjoying the moment, which is really all we have. And it gets so confusing because I live in a world where there's no time and space, but I also live in a world where there is time and space. So I fall down a lot. (laughs) I drop things a lot. So I have to stay so aware of my surroundings while I allow myself to fly. I feel like I'm in a constant state of meditation anymore. I really do. I feel like I really go deep when I'm dreaming, like when I'm sleeping. I have always, the dream world has always made so much sense to me. I I nailed people's dreams from the beginning and I was never taught. I just knew that symbolism made sense to me. And now I know why, because it's energy. It's the symbol of energy. That's why in dreams, it's so random and scattered. But to me, that's the world that made sense is all that's invisible. So when I started hearing people as I started coaching them because I got my, I was a certified life coach, still am. But I started taking their daily situations where they would be random, like weird stuff. Like, why does my well keep going dry? And it's just been this and that. And then I'm like, you know what? If somebody came to me with that dream, here's what it would mean. And I started breaking it down for them as they were doing, giving me a dream. Same thing, same thing going on all across the board. And I knew there was an immediate connection and that world made sense to me. And especially when my grandma said, when I asked her where she was when she died and she just said, imagine the most amazing dream that you never want to wake up from until you do. And I'm like, Oh my God, that makes sense. Cause I've had those. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, again, it also takes a lot of the pressure off of what we're, we're at right now. If we realize that this is a dream as in, our, the unconscious part of ourself is creating this experience for mm-hmm. the conscious part of ourself. But hey, we're uh, pretty close to the end here. I want to give you the floor to wrap us up in any any uh, closing statements or things you want to say at all. Just you know, promote your book, website, whatever you've got for people to check out online. Go for it. I think the what's coming to my mind most is the eye-opening fact for me, I guess, when I finished my book was the feedback that I got was that people were really fascinated mostly with the freak factor. And that was the part that I really played it safe with in my book because I was still, I felt like I was treading, you know, ground that I wasn't quite, I didn't know if I was ready to deal with the feedback for what I was about to tell people. So that's where I'm launching into the new book is, is more about the unknown and my to see what I see and, and how to expand on these abilities. Because in my first book, I was still in the belief that everyone can do this and they can choose to or not. And I still believe that. But I don't think everyone's going to get there in this lifetime. I think everyone's on their own, their own cycle and, and timing. So 
to do anything, you always have to put other things aside exactly. in life. So that's that's only natural. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I'm going. And just a, a brief look at it was when my I wrote about my cousin dying in my first book. But what I didn't write about was the fact that I saw her dead dad come out of the wall and go talk to her while she was dying. And that's the part that I always hid from everyone. And lo and behold, that's what everyone's after now. So it's hip to be weird. <laughs> it is, but I think it's because like we're collectively catching on to the fact that if we can change what we imagine as possible, then we can start doing a lot more really can. stuff. And, and I think people are ready. Yeah, ready to stop feeling guilty and ashamed mm-hmm. and start feeling stoked and happy. And to not be afraid of death anymore. Huge, important. Because component. you really um, take the joy out of life by fearing death. Absolutely. You basically are dead if you're afraid of death. It's true. Death is, or fear is the death. It is. That's what I think. It is. Yeah. That's good. Fear is <laughs> Fear is the death. I mean, it's, it's just a belief that you don't have power in some capacity. Yep. I'm afraid that I can't do this or I'm yep. afraid this is going to happen or I'm afraid it's already like this. It's all boiling down to the same thing. Like I don't have a choice. Yeah. But you always have a choice because you're only ever perceiving and choosing how you feel about what you're perceiving. And then like you have an output yep. component and that's all you've got. And have fun. So online, where do we find you? Amazon. The book is on Amazon. And uh, through my website, ReneeJohanna.com. And yeah, or email me, ReneeJohanna at gmail.com. But I'm all over the place. Well, let's talk again for this show. I mean, this was a super fun time, right? It was fun for me. Okay, good. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. When you get your next book out or sooner, I'd love to talk about that. Good. Really enjoyed it. I'll be recommending it to others, passing my copy around. Good. Thank you. And guys, even if you feel like you're not a big reader or whatever, uh, I think this book is still very accessible to anyone, even with a low time budget. It is. Because it's not excessively long. It's not fluffy. It's like to the point. Here's the story. Here's the the techniques. Here's the way to engage the world in a way that's not going to backfire your face continually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, and apply your own experience to what you're reading, just like everything. And that's just it is, and I wrote in there that you can know a lot of things, but knowledge is just knowledge. You've got to apply the information, and that's the book, is how to apply this information. And it's not a big book, but you can really apply this for the rest of your life and see it keep unfolding and manifesting in all these magical ways that will transform everyone's life here. Like you really, this can be fun. <laughs> yeah, I can attest. I've been applying some of the techniques and it's been helping me do what it is that I'm wanting to do anyway, Good. which is be happy and not stress Good. out over stuff I don't need to stress out exactly. over. Yeah, I'll go no reason. You're not going to control any of that anyway. The real control happens on the inside when you learn how to manage your mind and emotions. And you know you're in charge and you're calling the shots. Well, thanks for coming over and sitting down and talking with me. I you're really welcome. loved meeting you when we first met at that metaphysical I did too. fair. And I knew we were going to just strike the lightning <laughs> with this talk. So. Well, good. Thank you.
Well, friends, I really do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Renee Johanna as much as I did. I think it was a lot more fun and lighthearted than some conversations I have on the show. Not that we don't have fun with every guest, but there's a lot of laughing and good vibing. And I think that's partly because I was lucky enough to be able to have her live in the studio because I met her at a local metaphysical fair convention. But, you know, in general, I think it totally speaks to her attitude. And one thing she talks about repeatedly is that if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Or if I can't make it fun. But you can make a lot of things fun. So it's not a sort of lazy or hedonistic attitude. It's more like listening to the intelligence of your body the wisdom in your emotions and not ignoring that because basically all of these psychic things that got brought up in the episode and coming out of the psychic closet, so to speak, the fact that we all have these abilities, it boils down to whether or not we're paying close attention to our own self if we're going to be able to see the connection between the inner and outer and that such dualisms are actually only mental constructs and can be totally overturned and overcome and some of us pierce the veil more easily though and uh this is always a constant topic in the show but and it came up in the plus extension looking at life as a type of dream dreams within dreams within dreams minds within minds within minds i think it's a pretty decent model for looking at the universe because it lets you know that at the deepest core level, everything that's happening is yourself and you communicating to yourself. And we all have this connection to supreme beingness at all times, the uh, eternal stillness at the core and the source of the universal mandala. Some more stuff that came up in the plus extension was, like we, we said, keep it simple and laugh as much as possible, have a lot of fun. And that true freedom is when you know your own power and then you create the life that makes sense to you. So that goes right in hand in hand with knowing sort of that everything isn't so serious as you just have one life. You have as many lives as you want. You know, it seems like there's plenty of evidence if you look into psychics and hypnosis of past life regressions and this type of research after life research in general, there's actually, you can actually start to map out that there's something going on. None of us can say for sure exactly what it's like to be, you know, on the other side of the veil perfectly and articulate it because I don't think it makes sense to time bound minds to be talking about something that's like timeless in a sense. It makes sense that there could be a timeless and if there is time. So this is all just, you know, my usual rambly speculation but on the subject of afterlife renee in her book actually she recounts it in the plus extension but she tells the story about getting communication from her dead dad that helped her son get over drug addiction oddly enough it's pretty amazing story and you know there's tangible results there despite it being subjective but there's more than one person involved too and yeah that's really come up a lot for me in my personal podcasting uh listenership i was checking out the new episode of thc and whitley streber who's an awesome con ufo contact alien type author from a long time back 
he has a new book about after death communication with his wife after she had passed away. And man, the stories they tell in that episode are just so crazy. And it doesn't set off my bullshit meter. And it's a guy that's, you know, established incredible in the parapsychology, paranormal research community. <laughs> not not at all respected by anything mainstream, but that's okay. Um, and basically that along with stuff I was checking out in Dean Radin, the uh, the guy who does research on, you know, healing at a distance and stuff like that, you know, add that with subjective experience and then stories that Renee's telling in the plus extension, it does seem totally plausible that humans have the ability to heal one another with loving and positive intentions, even from a distance. So I think we should start embracing that and opening our imagination to that because our ancestors definitely understood this. I mean, that's why we have the idea of blessings and curses to begin with. Why would that just be an idea if there wasn't possibly something that you could perceive going on there? Speaking of almost magical healing, in the Plus Extension, Renee tells a story about a supposedly permanent injury and the way it was healed by a synchronicity with a stranger who happened to be a mysterious Native American medicine man who pulled the poisonous pain out of people's psyches with Reiki and without telling too much of the story. There's a lot more to it than that. It was crazy. It was definitely like going from near death to realizing you have the last wake up call when something, you know, when you attract some kind of uh, calamitous injury in your life and realizing, okay, this is time to change and start being my own healer. And uh, that was some of the most powerful stuff in the whole podcast. So I hope you guys are on plus so you can hear those stories that are expanded versions of the stories from her book. In the plus extension, we also talked about shedding layers to find the authentic self and discovering new abilities just by having fun and being curious. And more explanation of the differences between attachment-based love and authentic soul love, which I think is really important for all of us to be contemplating and constantly paying attention to in our lives because it's so easy to express both and kind of oscillate between them and get very confused because of that. Uh, one of the most interesting things, though, that came up in the Plus Extension was a little bit of talk about good old UFOs and the so-called extraterrestrials, their possible link to higher dimensional intelligence and Renee's childhood abduction stories. All in all, it was a great episode about embracing the unknown and our own wonderful weirdness each individually. Anyway, that's not everything we talked about in the Plus Extension, but I can't give it all away. And if you're not on there, just remember, it's the only way that this podcast gets any kind of, I guess, like reciprocation for the energy output. So it's really cool. Whenever you guys do subscribe, I look at it as, you know, you're putting physical energy and attention energy towards making this podcast bigger and better. But I do appreciate all of you just for listening. You know, not everyone's going to subscribe, and I understand that. And law of attraction-wise, I think it's very powerful that you're even listening to the show on the free side. That's still, you know, that's like you're voting with your consciousness for this to be a thing, for these type of conversations to be a part of your life, to attract more wild and imaginative and positive chaos to your life, the, the kind of unknown that breaks us out of our shells. Hopefully that's what we can attract with this 
particular brand of chats. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I could talk about that relates to this episode, like how important it is for us to actually realize that love doesn't mean pleasing everybody and that it's about doing the right thing over what's expected from others. And the right thing meaning what's right for ourselves. And we have to get in touch with our body to even understand that and (laughs) talk about underworld cycles and astrology and tarot and how getting in touch with our body is actually encountering the shadow material, like the repressed emotions and traumatic stuff from both our own lives and our ancestral past that actually gets locked in our body, almost like in the form of, you could say, a negative spirit entities or little demonic pokeballs that are that have like a little a little guy in there that's holding on to some kind of pain. You know, it sounds pretty weird, but check out the newest episode of Mysterious Universe and you'll get a better idea because they talked about uh, they talked about this psychologist or psychiatrist who using hypnosis was actually finding layers and layers of little attached entities on people and then the entities had their own entities attached on them and it all sounds kind of crazy and far out but the end result was that she was having actual breakthroughs healing people's minds and their consciousness schisms by releasing these trapped entities and if it is as people like renee say there are actually things floating around all of us that most of us don't see and we're not paying attention to well it would make perfect sense because parasites in our physical body which is something that i was bringing up a lot but parasites hide man they know how to go without being noticed and that's the whole reason why they're able to do what they do so if there is such a thing as some kind of like energy parasites out there and call them demons call them disincarnate spirits call them whatever call them non-physical animals i don't care if that's something that's there as all these psychics and mediums for thousands of years have been telling us Maybe it is wise that we start paying attention to that for ourselves, be our own healers. Even if we can't see these things, start getting more sensitive to our feelings, our actual body. And that's going to point you to the, the stuff because it's a, all one thing. It's all this fractal connected thing. So healing it in your physical body actually is another way of releasing these things out on the ether level or the, you know, the astral level. At least that's what I've come to experience. That means cleansing and improving the diet. There's a lot of techniques that are actually simple to get your body healthier. It's usually actually simpler. (laughs) It just seems less exciting uh, to, I guess, not eat out at restaurants as often if you don't live somewhere where you can get healthy enough food. Or here's something that I recommend. I just got – this is not an ad either. I just got on a thing called Thrive Market. And they sell organic, non-GMO, lots of uh, vegetarian and vegan options, basically a whole grocery store worth of stuff online. And you can get your shipping for free and it's like 25 to 50% off retail. I only used it once. So this is not like a a five-star review. I'm just telling you about it. There's ways, even if you're in a place where you don't have access to healthy, clean food, there's ways to get some of that somehow somewhere (laughs) you know you just got to put your mind to it so i'm just throwing out thrive market as a possibility for someone that doesn't have a good organic grocery store nearby best option is always to grow your own vegetables or get them from somebody that you know that will not spray poison on them but i'm getting into a huge 
digression here. <laughs> uh, you know, once you get me started, you probably noticed in this episode, I just go. And I'm pretty fired up about the whole self-healing thing because I'm in the process of it myself. I actually still got bad habits, things I'm trying to let go of that are not healthy for me, you know, both in my personal physical habits and in my relationships. So coming and talking about these things to you guys, thanks for hearing me out. It, I feel like it attracts more of my attention towards wanting to heal and making the right choices. The more I don't like maybe holds myself accountable just to be talking to you guys about this type of stuff. So, you know, if you're not on board in the same place, same frame of mind, same opinion about this or that, or something being worthwhile for your health, I understand that I'm obviously not, a medical professional, although I don't know, don't know why you'd want to listen to one of them too much. <laughs> you should really listen to yourself. Uh, and that's all I'm trying to do is point you into your own inner knowing, hopefully. And hopefully I'm practicing somewhat my own intuition and inner knowing. Anyway, it's been fun. Thanks for the listen. You know, Thanks for checking out the show. It is really cool. The episode's music is by Mild West, so check the show notes for links to that. Of course, big thank you to Renee for coming on, and go to reneejohanna.net or .com. I'm sorry. It's one of those. Again, it's in the show notes, and check out her book. It is definitely worth a read and won't take you too long before you'll be putting into practice some great ideas for how to... Be more loving to yourself and others. You know, that's a good thing. That's what being a spiritual warrior is about. Not about not about a physical fight or physical war or revenge. It's about being the watchman on the wall of your own mind and making sure you're keeping it real. <laughs> okay. Uh, love you guys. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash interverse. Get the plus extension if you're not on it. Seriously. You'll like it. There's lots of good episodes, early access episodes, some other cool st rewards and stuff. And that's it for me. Late night is number one. She's looking at you from the side. Dim lights is just begun. All you're catching feels are just her eyes. Get closer, you just know. Don't need a new Let's go.
Are so sweet. 